Let us pray. Creator God, open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts. In the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's good to be with you today for many reasons, not least just to sing that Charles Wesley hymn, which is absolutely at the heart of his theology that all can be saved and it's an inclusive grace of God that we're reminded of. But that's not one I'm going to preach about, but it's such a good hymn, I had to mention it. Um, It's really great to be with you um, and thank you for the warm welcome from Gordon and Ali and everyone else, including the stewards this morning. Um, Being chair of trustees here, funnily enough, is actually one of the less boring things I do. (laughs) It's, uh, I love the trustees meetings um, because we're getting real stuff done and uh, it's a joy and pleasure to be part of, in a way I feel like I'm part of the fabric of this building so it's always good but it's most of all good to be here to worship together so is there no balm in Gilead you're thinking what's balm and what's Gilead is this woman herself a bit balmy but no Um, Some of you will have watched the serialisation or read the novel, The Handmaid's Tale, which is set in a place called Gilead. Gilead is the opposite in that story to the Gilead that's mentioned in the Bible. The Gilead in the Bible is a place of great fertility where wonderful things emerge, such as balm for healing, frankincense, myrrh, are produced in Gilead. And the balm... Um, that the prophet Jeremiah talks about is a balm for healing and physicians would use it to make a poultice to put over a wound in order for that wound to heal. So when Jeremiah is in lament in that great prophetic tradition of lament, he's crying out because the people of Judah have turned away from God and everything's going wrong and their society is broken, their leaders can't make decisions about the future. Does that sound familiar? They just are in a mess and Jeremiah is saying, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there nothing that can come from that wonderful place, Gilead, for our healing? Well, it's not the first mention in the Bible of a balm from Gilead. You remember that dramatic scene where J- uh, Joseph has been thrown into a pit by his brothers and abandoned, and a bunch of Ishmaelite traders come past. If you've not read it in the Bible, you'll have seen Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. And the Ishmaelites come by on their horses or their camels, laden down with goods from Gilead. Myrrh, balm, frankincense from Gilead. These wonderful, rich, expensive, precious gifts that they're taking over to Egypt. And they also take Joseph, who becomes the balm from Gilead, for Egypt. He becomes part of its healing through its famine and also becomes the healing of Israel when Jacob's children go and run away from the famine and are looked after in Egypt. So Joseph himself becomes 
the balm in Gilead, the one who brings healing to the people of Israel. So there's a wonderful, poetic, um, luxurious history of this balm in Gilead, so luxurious that the Queen of Sheba, when she visited Solomon in his great palace and his temple, brought with her from the land of Sheba a tree And it's the kind of tree from which the healing balm would be tapped. The balm is the sap of a tree that could be tapped. So you can see when Jeremiah is shouting out, he wants the very best of what God has to offer. This expensive, rare balm of healing that can only grow in a handful of places in a place called Gilead. So it's a wonderful, mysterious, fabulously poetic sounding cry Is there no balm in Gilead? Like the people of Judah, we are living in broken times. The world we live in is damaged because human beings have turned away from the responsibility, the God-given, the divine responsibility of caring for the planet and caring for each other. And I wonder if any of the um, protesters' signs on Friday with the school strike said, is there no balm in Gilead? Because they are, those young people are our balm for this generation. They are calling for the healing of the earth. And I think they're part of the solution. They're part of, they are the balm for this generation. They're the ones who want to see the healing take place and we ignore them at our peril because they are acting as the voices of the voiceless. As part of my travels as the president of conference most of the time it was in the UK from sort of the Channel Islands to Shetland and I did get quite a big carbon footprint so I do need to plant some trees myself but I did go on a very very long trip all the way to Papua New Guinea How many of you know where Papua New Guinea is? A few. Well, you kind of fly for a long way and then you get to Singapore and then you change and then you go to Brisbane and then you fly a bit further and eventually you get to Papua New Guinea. It's a very, very long way away. And um, among the, I was there to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Uniting Church in Papua New Guinea, which is now, this year, now 52 years old. And uh, we had a wonderful time. But when we were there, I was taken um, to visit a village. But the village isn't where it used to be. Because that village, which is built on stilts right on the edge of the water, is 300 metres what would have been inland 10 years before. And that village has had to move from what used to be the edge of the water further inland, but it's not inland anymore because the water has risen to meet the new place where the village is. So the climate emergency that the young people were talking about is not about something that's happening in 10, 20, 50, 100 years' time. It's happening now to the poorest and most vulnerable communities in the world, and the Pacific is particularly hit, and that village are hit by the climate emergency. And you wonder, as the children shout and hope that our leaders listen, are we to shout with them, is there no balm in Gilead? Where is the healing 
for a broken and damaged world. And in the UK, as I said, I travelled a lot, sometimes with Bala, the Vice President, who is a member in this district. He was our Synod Secretary when this district came into being. And Bala and I visited lots and lots of projects. And one of the projects we visited was in a church in Cornwall. And it's church in the Lou and Liscard circuit. Have you, any of you been to Cornwall? I hope so. I was born there. It's a very, if you've never been, you need to visit. The air is wonderful and the sea is gorgeous. And uh, it's always sunny. Always sunny. It wasn't sunny when you were there. <laughs> and uh, we went and we visited this church. And in one of the rooms at the back of the church was a bank of computers. And I said, oh, what are these computers for? And they'd had them installed um, in order to help people who needed to register on universal credit. And it was being rolled out in that part of Britain at the time. And people, and it's a system that is quite broken because it requires you to be able to use a computer. And often people who are in need of credit for all sorts of reasons haven't got access to computers of their own. So the church had put the bank of computers in and could help people register and work their way through the labyrinth, the maze of um, screen after screen and forms to fill in and help them sign on for the benefits that they're entitled to. But as well as that, the people in the church were sitting with people, listening to them, listening to their stories, hearing what was going on for them, making endless cups of tea because we're really good at that. Probably in Cornwall they'd have a few scones and cream around as well. But um, they were helping people to cope with their own lives, which were perhaps broken, and a society that was broken. And in that way, the church was being a healing balm. It was offering healing to a community that was broken. And time and time again, as Bala and I travelled, we found churches um, right across the British Isles, being part of the healing, being part of offering people a new beginning, a better way, a healthier community. So, for instance, in Shetland, so I went down to Cornwall, so I've got to go all the way up to Shetland, haven't I? It wouldn't be fair not to. In Shetland, on a Wednesday, um, a group of uh, people come together from the community in Lerwick, in the capital in Shetland, um, some of whom have mental health issues, some of whom have addiction issues, others who maybe don't have issues at all but just want some company. And, um, and volunteers cook a meal with food that's been donated from supermarkets where the food would have been thrown away into a, a landfill, but it's perfectly good food, um, and make a meal for people in that community. Again, the church being the balm in Gilead. Why do we do these things? Why are we offering healing? And here in this church in Westminster Central Hall, you have a, a long and honourable tradition of healing ministry, another way in which the church, the body of Christ, offers healing. And the clue is there in the body of Christ. Because the balm in Gilead, the rich, precious, healing gift that is divine, 
doesn't come from tapping a tree, but is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who came for the unity of Judah, for the unity of Israel, for the unity and the healing of the world. So when the prophet cried out, is there no balm in Gilead? God heard the cry and sent his only son into the world that all of us might have life, as it said in our hymn, for all, for all. And if Jesus Christ is the balm from Gilead, is the healing gift to the world, is the thing that the world needs most of all, then brothers and sisters, you and I are the balm in Gilead because we are the hands of Jesus. We are the feet of Jesus. We are the body of Christ as the church. Only through us can Christ heal a broken world. We are that precious gift, that precious balm of healing. There's a couple of other occasions in the New Testament where we get a hint of how balm might be used. The nard that is used to anoint Jesus' head or feet, depending which version you read, that precious expensive perfume is a balm. And it could have been used to embalm Jesus following his death, but was given to him as a gift in life. There are the anointing of those who are in the early church go on to lead. And even today, anointing oils are used in some traditional churches as a chrism in the act of confirmation. And so the oil, the the balm of Gilead, the balm, the nard, the precious, precious gift continues to flow out into the church. And I think we, like Jesus, are anointed. He said in Luke 4, I'm anointed to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, release to those who are oppressed, sight to the blind, healing to those who cannot walk. When Jesus said, I am anointed, he echoed the words of the prophet Isaiah. He's answering Jeremiah's cry, the prophet Jeremiah, is there no balm in Gilead? And Jesus said, I am anointed to heal the world, to bring it together. So we, brothers and sisters, like Jesus, are anointed to bring good news to the poor, to heal a broken world. How do we do that? Well, we can see lots of examples of the church doing that. But how do you and I contribute to that as individual disciples Ali talked about making choices. Part of healing the world, part of being the body of Christ is about making choices, about making decisions with how we spend our money. Do we pay a little more for our coffee so that it's fair trade? Do we give our money to projects that will heal and bring unity and mend a broken world? How do we use our time? Um, like Ali, would quite like to spend most of it on the sofa watching Bake Off, eating cakes made by my daughter, who is a very good baker. 
But I know that that is not actually what God is calling me to do. Now and again is all right. We all need our Sabbaths. That's okay. But actually, I need to get off the sofa and make a choice about how I use my time so that I can be the healing balm that the world needs. How we use our time, how we use our money, the quality of our relationships. How can we cry out for peace in the world if we can't sort our own broken relationships, resolve them in ways that are honest and helpful? And as a church, as we discuss in this year, all kinds of issues around marriage and relationships, how are we the healing balm for each other and the world in those conversations? The leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. We are for the healing of the nations. How do I, as a Christian, work out and make the choices that mean I'm part of the response to the prophet's cry. Is there no balm in Gilead? I want the response to be, yes, there is a balm in Gilead. It's Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, as the body of Christ, and as an individual disciple, I will be part of the healing. I will be part of mending a broken world, of being a voice to the voiceless, of making those choices which are about life, not death not for my own personal salvation, that's sorted, that's done, but for the salvation of the world which God loves. Is there no balm in Gilead? Yes, there is a balm. We are it. Let's get on with the job of healing the world. And may God bless us. Amen. Um, the hymn uh, is going to be sung first of all by the choir and when they've sung the verse through the first verse through once at that point we'll stand and sing the entire hymn together i will speak out for those who have no voices <laughs> 